Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Welcome to this Golf Channel podcast. We're going to do a little U.S. Open preview for you. Trip Eisenhower, pleased to be joined by my good friend Brian Bateman. And we're talking about everything Pebble Beach and those playing well, those not playing that well. It's going to be a fun U.S. Open, no doubt. What you're looking forward to the most, Brian? You know, uh, Trip, when you look at the storylines for this week, uh, when I think U.S. Open, I think traditional venues and pebble beach comes to mind as really i think the the iconic u.s open setup uh golf course the history behind this golf course the you know the difficulty the ability for this golf course to be so much different than the at&t pebble beach pro-am the way that the golf course lends itself to set up for a u.s open type setup i think is what makes this week so exciting uh, you know, if if you're a golf fan, whether you've played Pebble Beach or not, you're very familiar with each and every hole out there, uh, and I think that lends itself to making it more identifiable. Very similar to uh, Augusta National and the Masters, because golf fans know a lot about Pebble Beach. They've yeah. seen it enough. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of you out there have played it. Uh, so I, I just think this week coming in with the storyline of, of what Rory did last week. Uh, at the RBC, Brooks Kepka going for three in a row. Tiger Woods uh, in his resurgence of late and the way that he's been playing. I, I don't know that it could be a better week for the U.S. Open. And, oh, by the way, on top of that, it's at Pebble Beach, which in my opinion is one of the greatest courses in the world. I, I agree. And all that, we're going to get to all those points, no question about it. Uh, but now the U.S. Open also is the – third major of the year and not the second major because of the new schedule so we've got two majors under our belt including another big tournament the players so um we've got a little bit more body of work in majors to go from and uh let's let's first talk about pebble beach because that's where you went and you know pebble beach is one of my favorite golf courses to play in good weather, <laughs> I've, and they're going to have that this week. They are, yeah. which is which is good. It's going to be chilly. Yeah, uh, I saw you know high of fifty nine kind of thing. So, the, but that's uh, overcast, ten to fifteen mile an hour winds. It's not going to be those crazy winds that we saw when Tom Kite won in ninety two. Um, but probably, if you remember, it was kind of overcast and chilly in twenty ten as well. So, um, let's talk about the setup. Uh, the The biggest change they make with the with the golf course is. The fact that two is a par four, 500 and I think 18 yards, somewhere in that range. Um, but other than that, it will be a par 71, which is an anomaly for U.S. Open golf courses, typically a par 70 uh, setup. But you really can't do anything with the other three par fives. I mean, it wouldn't be equitable to have any of those change to par four. So um, good for the USGA. And 
you know, th- this rough that we've seen is going to be challenged, no question. But uh, just talk about the setup and your expectations of what that's going to direct some of the players to do differently in an open versus when they play at AT&T. Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, the rough is going to be, and it should be, it's going to be six inches plus in areas. Uh, and, and I think it should be. You know, when I think of a U.S. Open, I think of finding the fairway, and if you don't, you're going to have to figure out a way just to get it back in the fairway and salvage par that way. For these players around this golf course, you're going to see not the longest of courses. Pebble Beach mm-hmm. is not under seven thousand. one of the longest courses that, that we see. But the premium is going to be, as it should be at any U.S. Open, finding fairways. But on top of that trip, you know this as well as I do, these greens are not extremely big around this golf course. They're below average in, in square footage. And so when you compound that with firm and fast conditions, which I think we're going to get this week at, at the U.S. Open, you know, even when you find the fairway, your job is not done yet. And I think this week is going to be defined. Whoever comes out with a trophy on Sunday, and we'll make our predictions later on, on the show, uh, it's going to be a second-shot golf course. It's going to be the player that can find these relatively small putting greens and deal with the speed. Not a lot of slope at Pebble Beach. Some not of a lot them of do, size, a, a, a few, but yeah. in general, you know, the green complexes are relatively flat, uh, but it's going to be the speed of the greens and finding the fairways. I think it's going to be a tremendous uh, week. I, I'm glad the weather is going to cooperate. I would love to see it baked out and playing firm and fast. I think the USGA wants that. You know, my question to you is this. When we talk about the setup of this particular U.S. Open and the recent history with the USGA and having problems with the setup of previous <laughs> golf courses, yeah. will they mess this up? Uh, I don't know the, I don't know how you can. Well, they could. <laughs> well, could they, could, it, they could. But, but really, you know, if you look at the reasons why that there have been some how Some do you problems mess up in the past. How do you mess up Shinnecock? Well, with, 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 I think with whole locations at Shinnecock, you can get away with putting yep. them on the edge. You know, at Pebble, there, there's not as much slope as, as those greens at Shinnecock. I just hope that the USGA realizes the storyline should be the play and the golf course, not about the setup. And, you know, the, the players have been very vocal of late about the USGA and, and, and their inability to just let the golf course and the score, the winning score, uh, end up being whatever it is. I just hope this week that the course plays out, that the storyline of the week is the play and the golf course, not the setup. Well, I think they need to look no further than Beth Page Black as as to what how to set it up. You know, they they the the rough was was very difficult. You know, and you had to hit it in the fairway there. And we saw one player play exceptionally well and have a big lead. Okay, so what? He's one of the he is the best player in the world right now. Speaking of Brooks Kepka, but he stumbled coming in. You know, right. I don't think, to your point, the whole locations can necessarily get away from them. And I do think that the players in this type of setup, and I'm going to give you one hole to think of playing it in February when we would play um, the Pro-Am versus playing it now, is the fourth hole, the back hole location. Okay, Now, when it's soft, it's almost impossible to get it back to that hole. When it's firm... It's going to help the players. Right. So, I mean, there are some instances of holes at Pebble Beach where you will be helped by the firmness of the greens. But there are also areas of the ninth hole. If you're on the wrong side of that hole, if you're left of that pin that's over on the left, you're not going to get that ball up and down I don't unless you make a 30-footer. It'll be tough mm-hmm. to even keep it on the green with U.S. Open speeds and as fast as that you know, runs down towards the, the bay. Um the eighth hole, for example, they have moved that 
so far over. You know, we used to aim at that rock. There's a rock halfway up the hill if you've ever been to Pebble Beach, and there's a, a white um, chimney in the in the because it's a blind tee. You, you cannot see the fairway. Right. But you would want to. I would want to hit it at that rock and fade it to that white chimney. It's kind of that was my line every. That's going to be in the left rough right now. <laughs> that line and that and you know that. And how about that second shot from at, the rough? At, well almost impossible right. and then now but the good thing about that they're forced to go over closer to the to the uh, penalty area the hazard um i still call it hazard every too. now and then but too. um now you're you you don't you're not coming across that green like you can if you play out to the left you're coming straight into that really tiny shallow green so it's going to be fun it's going to be fun to watch and it's going to be fun how these players change their strategy to attack these different lines off the tee and make them and the 18th is another example. You know, they they move it way over close to that tree, that fairway, and they push you down that left side. And you know, it's it it normally you can kind of push it out there to the right of that tree and not worry about too much. There is out of bounds over there, but that's a pretty wide miss to the right. I think also too what I'm looking forward to with the setup and it being at Pebble Beach is that we've seen the last half a dozen or so U.S. Opens, even when they've had some rough, there's been some some areas around the greens that have been shaved down, closely mown areas to, that the USGA has decided, you know, maybe let, let's not have rough encompassing the green. We're going to have some areas that have some run out. You're not going to see that at Pebble. There's going to be rough around yeah. nearly every green, which makes short game not just luck but skill. I think it's going to shine. Whoever has the best short game this week, the player that has the ability to chip out of, what, four, three, four, five-inch rough around these greens, firm greens, uh, is going to make scoring extremely difficult, even yeah. though this course is not overly long. I, I, I just want the setup to be – I want it to be fair. I want it to be the, the most uh, physical and mental test that these players uh, have to have to have success at this golf tournament. That's what the USGA ultimately wants. But I don't want the score to try to be protected. Manipulated. Par to be manipulated or protected. Yeah. You know, if, if someone goes out and plays – Four rounds of solid golf and, and, and gets to double digit under par, that's perfectly fine with yeah. me. Well, speaking of that, a guy that was double digits under par and was the horse running away with the PGA Championship until DJ put a little heat on him on Sunday at the PGA, but he ultimately survived, and you could see the relief on his face when he made that great up and down for par on the 18th hole to win another – I mean, to win the PGA back-to-back. That's just amazing, being the first player – in history to hold back-to-back major titles at the same time. Nobody's ever done that. So that'll tell you where he is in such a short period of time. Are you talking about Brooks Kepka? Of course I am. <laughs> Seeking yeah. a three-peat. First one since Willie Anderson did it in 1905. That was his third straight U.S. Open, his fourth overall. Um, Brooks Kepka seeking to go back-to-back-to-back. Back back. Um, I, I can't – that just – that's – that's so such a different level. Where is his game right now? I, I think it's uh, – is he the favorite? I, I think he's got to be. I think, yeah, I think he is the favorite until he loses, honestly. I mean, his track record over major championships the last two-plus years is it's really uncomparable to any other player uh, and arguably any other player in history uh, of major championships. I don't know that you can even look at his finish last week at the RBC talking about form coming in for Brooks Kepka. He doesn't care because it doesn't matter. He said that it's a major championship. He has shown how he sh- his game shows up. Difficult conditions. He feels like that they're the easiest tournaments to win. He said so himself. He has to be the favorite this week, Trip, with this golf course, 
with his length off the tee and his ability to make putts down the stretch, uh, the complete game. He has the he has the type of overall game that has shown uh, success in major championships. He has to be the favorite until someone dethrones him. I agree. Um, look, I mean, world number one. And the thing is, yeah, they're easier to win when you have his skill set. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. They're very hard for you and I to win <laughs> because we don't have his skill set. We don't drive the ball in the fairway uh, a long way down there. And, and just the, the ability to handle what majors put out there, his level-headedness, his – uh, expectations that, hey, some bad things are going to happen, but with my game, more good things are going to happen than bad, and it's going to drive other people crazy. It's not going to drive me crazy. It's going to drive me to the fact I'm going to be even more driven to go ahead and win this. Um, he's the favorite, no question about it. Uh, we'll get to our picks later on, but let's move on down to Dustin Johnson, uh, the guy that really made Sunday interesting at the PGA, and it is hard to believe as many times as this guy's been in contentions in major, he only has one, and that was the U.S. Open at Oakmont in 2016. He had a really good chance here in 2010. Well, he had a, what, three-shot three shot lead? lead. Yeah. Shot and 82 then, on Sunday. Well, they, uh, he had a, had a lot of trouble at the second hole and then followed up with another bad mistake at the third, ultimately his undoing. So, DJ and Pebble Beach, they get along really well, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and I, and I like um, – I like DJ coming in. I think that he, for you know, it's hard to believe that he would be under the radar, but I think Kepka's gaining more and more attention from the media. I, you look at what DJ's been able to do this year. It seems like he always shows up to your point trip in major championships. He has not been able to to win more than one. Tied for fifth at the Players this year, tied for second at the Masters, and second at the PGA. So, you know, what a run he's been on just this calendar year. Uh, it, the biggest tournaments we've seen thus far. Uh, my question for DJ moving forward this week is what type of strategy will he use off the tee? You know, will he have the ability to hit driver and take advantage of that length? Will he back off and try to find some fairways? One area that I think the improvement we've seen from DJ, and I think this is the reason why that he's played so well in majors of late, is because of his putting. His improved putting, his ability inside of 10 feet, um, has a good track record at Pebble. I don't think 2010 really matters to him. I think he's a different player now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But And he's won at Pebble he has, several he, times. He has. Um, DJ, to me, is, is, is kind of the outlier uh, of all the, the big-name players that we're going to talk about throughout the show. In that, that he's playing well, I, I just think some of the attention has been taken away from him because of it being a major championship week and all the success that his good friend Brooks Kepka has had. But DJ has to be at the top of the list of favorites this week. Of course, week. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. And I love his his, um, his answer when they said, by the way, you've won the Grand Slam of second play, being a bridesmaid. You finished second in everybody. He goes, yay. <laughs> <laughs> like, he doesn't it's, care about no. that. I mean, he wants to add to it. And he's too good to – look, he's too good to end his career with only one major. There's no question he's going to win more. Um, and this is a great chance for him this week. I actually – if I was going – I, we just said Brooks Kepka was the favorite. I, I, I've got to put DJ right there at with Brooks. I, I know the odds makers don't quite have it that close, but in my mind, I do. I, I mean, I think, I think uh, 
well, there's the, you just showed me the odds. There you go. They're both eight to one. So yeah. they they do have them right there. And I think I think that's exactly where you have to have the odds for those two because they are equal. Even though, like you said, Brooks is the king of the mountain. So there's absolutely until he gets knocked off, he he should be the the lead guy. And I think experience on this golf course will play a factor as well. Yeah, that's one thing about Kepka. He hasn't played here very much. Yeah, well. Um, hadn't played Shinnecock a whole well, lot. Well, I understand, <laughs> but I think Pebble is a kind of golf course where there's certain areas that, you know, ex- Oh, I agree. Experience yeah. helps. There there is. But look, I'm with you. I, I think DJ's at the top of the list. Uh it, to me it's all about his his decisions off the tee. I think that's going to set him up for being able to take advantage of that length and and use this this improved putting with confidence moving forward. Well, he can he can do um he can put on an exhibi- exhibition like we saw Rory put on this last week, uh, you know, his mm-hmm. off the tee. I mean, Rory was top 6 in all the strokes gained categories in his dominating win, and DJ's capable of doing yeah. that. I mean, we've seen him do that, and guess what? We see DJ like in Mexico, he can dominate on the WGC, and he beat Rory McIlroy by yeah. five shots. Yep. So, yep. Um, so it, it, he's capable of doing those type things. All right, let's move on to the guy who has a six pack of bridesmaids here at the U.S. Open, and the only hole in his resume, of course, I'm talking about Hall of Fame member uh, Phil Mickelson. Um, these are his two best chances to get that, I believe. Now, his form, now that's questionable, but I don't think you ever predict Mickelson's result based on form because he's the only guy. Especially who, not this week at this golf course. In, 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 a, you know, in a U.S. Open in particular. I, I don't care if Phil Mickelson's missed three cuts in a row coming into here. He can flip a switch at the Masters here, any other place, and play. And you mentioned short game. Nobody is better in the types of up and downs than he's going to need out of that thick rough. The way his, the way he uses the, um, how he, how he uses the bounce because it's it's a very unique way to use the bounce, but it really works in high grass. He has a very effect in that wedge that he has with the with the sharp edge on it. It really cuts through that grass, and he is able to hit some shots that people just cannot hit out of those type things because the way the the wedge gets in there. Uh, to the rough, and with his talent in his hands and all that other. What thing. about the fairways, though? That's the question. He, he he used two drivers at the Memorial. Now, he, last time he did that, he won the Masters with two drivers. I, well, what's your take on miss? I mean, if he's if he's hitting less than half of his fairways, that short he has game, no chance. Right, that short no, no, game is no. not going to matter. No, no, no. And he, he, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I talk about DJ strategy. DJ strategy off the tee ought to be driver every time he can. Seriously, I, I mean, that would be mine too. If I, if I was him, you yeah. know, like the third hole, yeah. are you going to hit a, a iron out there to the right? Or are you going to hit driver and get down there and have a little flip wedge in? Because he can do it. And if he misses a fairway, he's inside of hundred yards right. anyway. Yeah, Phil has got a little bit wider miss, and you know, I, I I agree. The barometer for Phil is if he hits nine fairways or more a day, Phil Mickelson can win this tournament. If he hits less than nine, I don't think he can. No, so that's where, I, I, that's where I, I am with Mickelson. But you know, in, in summation of Phil, I'm with you. I don't think it matters for him. He has not been playing well coming in. He's missed what four of his last seven cuts since he won. He won at Pebble earlier this season. You know, he hasn't had a top twenty since. So I think he finished 18th, 19th, 20th at the Masters. But he's missed a bunch of cuts. Didn't play well at the Memorial. But he's the type of player. He's so amped up for this week. Been thinking about this, I'm sure, since last year's U.S. Open. Uh, he's the type of player that can flip a switch and, and yeah. make make the most of whatever game he brings come Thursday morning just because of his belief, ultimate belief in himself and what he can do. Well, speaking of a switch, 
um, a switch in his form, former world number one, a guy who has played Pebble Beach very, very well, by the way, and a guy who's playing quite well, Jordan Spieth. I mean, three straight top tens coming into here. A guy that we both said would miss the cut at the PGA yeah, based well. on based on form, and and it, it, that was a reasonable expectation. Yeah, and he showed us why he's Jordan Spieth and why he's so talented. I mean, he had a chance to win at the PGA not driving the ball that well. Mm-hmm. He had a chance to win at Colonial not driving the ball. Now, completely different golf course, but he's also had chances to win elsewhere driving the ball a lot better. You know, his last start at Memorial, he drove the ball yeah. very nicely there. And his strokes gained tee to green was way up from where it has been. His putting is spectacular. He said one of the best ball striking weeks of his life was when he won at Pebble Beach. He said he hit the ball so good, and he said, I've got great memories there. He could possibly get it done this week. I think he could. Uh, I, was, uh, I was at Colonial and at Memorial back-to-back weeks, and I followed him Thursday, Friday, both weeks. Uh, to me, seeing it in person, watching him off the tee trip, his misses, as you said earlier, are a lot tighter. Yeah. You know, he, his he's turning the ball over. The only the only issue I saw off the tee with Jordan Spieth both weeks was any time there was a dogleg right off the tee and he had to fade it. He missed it left. Yep. Uh, it, it, he was uncomfortable hitting a left to right shot. But his misses were a lot tighter. He wasn't missing many fairways by much, and his putting – we all saw it. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. He's almost back, if he's not back, to where he was in 2014 and 15. His confidence outside of 15, 20 feet is, it's it's as it's as it's as big as it was then. He's making those putts. Um, I think really off the tee is still going to be the issue this week. He does not have the length to miss fairways and have shorter clubs coming in. But his confidence is high, as you said. Three straight top tens coming into this week. He's won here before. Uh, I think he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's perfectly satisfied with where his game is right now. He's a glass-half-full type attitude. Um, I think he's as confident as any player in the field right now, especially coming from someone who's fallen back. He's 28th in the world right now over the last few years and not one in a couple of years. Uh, he's got a lot of confidence, and this is a golf course where, you know, if he can find some fairways and, and find these these small greens – his putting is going to yeah. bail him out. And even when he does miss greens, you know, to yeah. convert those 10 to 15 footers for par, which you know are so huge at a U.S. Open, that's going to keep Spieth around for the weekend. But it's going to come down to his tee to green game. I, I'm not concerned at all about his scrambling ability yeah. or his putting. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's still the tee shot, but it's much improved. If he would have had a poor driving week at Memorial, that would have been – I mean, it would have been – you're right, the shots are tighter, but there were still misses. And the misses to the left were the ones concerning yep. me. The majority of the fairways he missed at Colonial, they were to the left. Yep. Um, Memorial, not much – I mean, much better. Yep. So, I, I I saw that improvement week to week to week. Um, I think Jordan Spieth plays well. I really do. Yep. I, I don't think he wins, but I think he's, he's part of the story again in another major championship. He's too talented – and he's getting back to what he once was, which is good to see. Uh, one other player, of course, we've got to mention, um, Roy McIlroy. Uh, winning yesterday by seven shots. Um, just made it. I've always said this. <laughs> there are two or three people on the planet. Tiger's other otherworldly. I, I, and so I put him in that. But right now, other than Tiger, there are two people that can make the game just look absolutely effortless 
Roy McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. And Brooks Kepka's starting to get that way a little bit to me. But Brooks looks like a little more effort than those. Two. I mean, it just looks like it just is so easy and it falls off their back. It's it's about the driver for Rory, I, I think. He drives I, it like he did last week. Yeah, what does he do? He he wins. I, I think he's – to me, I mean, until, until Brooks Kepka loses in a major championship, he's your favorite. But what I saw from Rory last week was a player that was clicking on all cylinders on a very difficult golf course there at Hamilton – uh, high rough, you had to hit the fairway, and Rory would not back down from his driver. I thought it was interesting. He said in his sound after he won uh, on Sunday that he's getting he, he he's gained more confidence from how he played 72 holes uh, at the RBC Canadian Open than he gained from winning the Players' Championship. I, I think that's scary for players in the field. Yeah. A player as talented as he is, the confidence that he has, and to go 64-61 on the weekend and run away from the field at the RBC – Rory's in a he's in a sweet spot right now coming in the U.S. Open, of course where his length if he can drive it like he did uh, at the RBC he's going to take advantage of that and it's going to boil down to that putter again. And, well, and that's been the boogaboo for him, even when he has weeks where ball with Tita Green he, he's leading the field in strokes gained if he doesn't convert those putts. Well, he did last week. That's where he does not fin- on, does not win on similar type greens. At, at, with a Poe. Yep, you're right. These are these are this is the great thing about it. And there were a lot of players that said there are aspects of this course that they they said remind them of Pebble. It's just not along the ocean. Yeah. It was small greens, some slope, you know, in the right areas on them. I th- I think the way he putted last week, he'll continue that this week. Uh, and I think there's a key. He's got four majors, but if he gets number five, it will be because of the four wedges that he put in. He added a wedge last week, and he used that effectively. And he will need that fourth wedge yep. at Pebble. If he drives the ball the way he did, it'll give him more dimensions in the shot areas that he's going to be playing from because he is able to shorten the course so much. Guys like DJ and Brooks can do that. But you, you're going to have a lot more of those varying wedge shots. And I, I'm, the fact that he put that extra wedge in to give him more dimensions from where he's going to be playing from, I think that will be the game changer more than anything else. And that's kind of a Phil Mickelson type yeah. move yeah. Uh, using strategy like that. So well done by Roy McIlroy, and we'll see you know, if that has an outcome. On, I predict it will if he goes on to win major yeah, I mean, number five. He missed the cut at the Memorial, and he said he spent a lot of time on his wedges because he was not happy going around Muirfield Village with his wedge play. Boy, it was improved last week. Yeah, and it was. We saw the results. Yeah. All right, of course, we got to get to the big cat. Uh, we got to talk about. Mr. Tiger Woods missed a cut at the PGA, but uh, uh, made some noise at Memorial, showed us what Tiger Woods can do. Didn't win, but you know what? He got better every day. He did. Ball striking got better and every day. And his golf swing, Brian. I Look, I did not think there could be a better iteration than the 2000 golf swing that won this tournament by 15 shots. I, I, I did not think technically the the balance the power the everything that was in sync the way he drove the golf ball bent. people don't remember this he was number two in total driving on the pga tour for those several years i mean he drove it long he drove it straight and he hit driver a lot and he hit driver a, a lot, lot. Yep. and he did it here when he won by 15 shots yep. now the ball has changed the club has changed all that stuff his body's changed his body's changed his life's changed right uh i i'm with you i I'm, I've been impressed with with Tiger. Um, I was I was thinking that you know this is this being a second shot golf course trip. Who's the best iron player in the history of the game? Tiger Woods. Okay, so if he finds fairways, uh, he has the ability to navigate around these small greens, uh, clutch putting 
We've seen it from him, especially on this these greens. His success at this venue, he obviously won here in 2000, but he's won this tournament, the AT&T. Uh, he hasn't played since 2012, and that was a lead-up to the U.S. Open. Uh, he doesn't me, need AT&T, to play here. I don't think he, he needs to play here. He's, he's one of the – I think he's one of the few players in the field that – uh, his ability around any golf course when he's on, it doesn't matter if he's played much there or not, but he has had success here. Um, being a second-shot golf course, I think it's all about the irons for Tiger. He's got to find fairways. I, and I think I, I'm going to say the same thing about him that I said about Phil. Tiger hits nine fairways or more a day. He wins another U.S. Open, and he wins major number two this season. I, I really believe that. His putting, his short game – Everything else is there, man, and and the drivers. I, hey, I I like the way he's driving. I I like what Tiger did. He came back from this back, had a healthy you know back, even though it was different, and he tried to bomb it. Yeah. And he looked out of sync. He drove it awful. I mean, he was hitting three fairways a day at Torrey Pines. Okay, it was awful. Now. He backed off a little bit, and that's why he won the Tour Championship. Yeah. He was up there. He played from the fairway. And I said, you play from the fairway, Tiger Woods is going to beat anybody. I don't care if he seeds Dustin Johnson 15, 20 yards. It doesn't matter if Tiger is playing from the short grass. He will beat DJ. He'll beat anybody in the world if he plays from the fairway. Same thing here. We saw him play from the fairway at the Masters. We saw what he had to do. He drove the ball great when he needed to there. And we saw what he's also capable of doing, standing up there on the 12th hole when other people were dropping in a race creek left and right. Veteran Tiger left exactly where you had to be. That won him the Masters once again. So I think Tiger Woods, it, it, the only question is, does he hit nine or more fairways a day? If he does, he wins. I, I think he does because you, you look at Beth Page and missing the cut there. He was forced to hit driver a lot just because of the length of the golf course. He can get around Pebble without driver. I mean, this is not – But he's not driving the ball awful. No, he's not. But he if he has a day where his swing is not all there, he's not forced to hit driver – uh, like he was in 2000 when he drove it so well. He can get around this golf course with less than driver on numerous par fours and even some of the par fives, find the fairways, and like you said, take advantage of that iron play. Um, there's a reason why he's at the top of the – on the short list of, of players' odds in Vegas to win this week at the U.S. Open. And what a story that would be. You know, the Masters, uh, what a story for him to win, but to do it two majors in the same year for Tiger Woods for all that he's been through. He just needs to get off to a good start as well, Trip. I think that's any player in the field. This is not going to be the type of golf course you're going to be able to make up a lot of strokes. I think it's going to be consistent play from Thursday to Sunday. That player is going to be standing with a trophy on Sunday. And I think if Tiger wants to have a chance on Sunday, he needs to get off to a good start the first couple of days and not have to force the issue on the weekend. All right. So uh, we've talked about world number one, world number two, world number three, world number five. <laughs> we did not talk about world number four, Justin Rose. Yeah, I, he can win this tournament. Yes, he, I mean, he, he's capable of winning here, no question. And he he's that guy who's was on an incredible run of of top tens. It's kind of cooled a little bit, but it's still a major championship, and he's still got a major championship type game. Uh, your thoughts on on Justin Rose? It seems like the last couple of months Rosie's been fighting his golf swing more than we're used to seeing Correct. from him uh that's going to be the key for him this week does he have the ball striking because his, if his putter is hot and cold and this year it's been hot uh, the entire season it's going to be about the ball striking I, I like his demeanor I, I think that he has the type of demeanor to, to get around a major championship 
have the patience to know that that you know some days are not going to be your best, but to grind out a score. But you you have to have the ball striking to fall back on, I think. And for for Rose, you know, he got off to a slow start at the Memorial and and grinded to make the cut there. I think that's going to bode well for him moving forward this week. But he has to be on the short list. He he's too good. He, he's he's a major champion. Um, he has the total package. Another player that that fourth in the world, you would think, would be not flying under the radar, but I think he is. is he is, which is hard to and he missed the cut at fathom. the Masters. That's the other thing. But you know, at the PGA, finished tied for 29th. but thirteenth in his last start. You're right. The swing is a little more inconsistent, but again, at any point he can pop up. So, uh, any other big name players? Let's say players inside the top fifteen that we missed that you think uh, keep an eye on, other than the five that we just talked about. One, two, three, well, I mean, four. Ricky five. Fowler. I mean, wh- where is he? I, yeah, he's eleventh. Yeah, I, I think for Ricky, who doesn't have a lot of, ex- and, and surprisingly, doesn't have a lot of experience around Pebble, um, he has the game too, because he has no weaknesses. No, he doesn't. He can hit driver whenever he wants. Uh, has a combination of length and accuracy. I, I still think he's one of the best putters in the world. But here we are, another major championship week. He's still searching for the first one. How much yeah. pressure is he going to apply himself throughout the week? Um, no one's really talking about Ricky Fowler. But when you have the game that he has, he did play here back in 2012 at the U.S. Open, didn't play that that great. So he has some experience at this venue in a major championship. But I like Ricky Fowler this week. I, I think he's trending in the right direction. It's hard not to pick him in a major. Yeah. I mean, it, But until he finally cashes yeah, I know, in. I know. It's, it's, you know, it's it, one of those things. Um, I've picked him enough where I thought he was going to do well. And, yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to say uh, that. I wish him the best, though. I, yeah. I hope he does. He's going to get one be a great soon. story. He's going to get one soon. Um, all right. Two under-the-radar players. Two players that not anybody's talking about that can win this golf tournament, legitimately win this golf tournament. I got a good two, by the way. Okay. I got a good two. I'm sure you do. First one's probably going to surprise you. And I'm going to say Graham McDowell. Um, That doesn't surprise me. Well, form coming in is great. Top ten last week at the RBC, which got him into the open at Port Rush. I think now that that's off his back and and worrying about – Playing in the, in the final major championship of the year, I think he's going to free will it this week. Uh, he won, what, a couple of months ago at the Dominican. Mm-hmm. He's had some top tens coming in. I think his form is there, and he knows what it takes to get around this golf course and win. He's a grinder. He hits a lot of fairways, and he's a, he's a good putter. I, I like well, Graham McDowell. His putting much improved it this is. year. It, it is. That's the reason why he's back. And if the wind gets up, he's the type of player that can keep it down, keep it below the green. He's one of those ball strikers that, you know, they have a certain acoustic to their sound when yep. their iron play. He can control his golf ball in the wind. I think Graham McDowell, way under the radar, oh, yeah. has a legitimate chance. My other one is Brant Snedeker. You stole one of no, mine. Well, I'll let you. I'll let no, you no, have you Sneds. take you take Sneds. Well, I've got another one to back up because oh, yeah. I was on the fence with Sneds. So Potter. I agree with you, Potter. I, playing great. Uh, yep. Um, played well last week. Yeah. Had a chance to shoot fifty nine again. Um, what I, three or four top tens in the Ed Pebble? He's won, it twice. he's won it he's twice. Won, he's won it twice. I think he's had two other top tens besides yeah. the two wins. I, I think Sneds, even you know, age is not a, is a number now. It, it's not a it's not a detriment to your ability. I think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. His work with Todd Anderson, getting his tee to green uh, game back in order, and then he has that putter and the experience around Pebble Beach, winning here twice. 
finished top 10 in the U.S. Open here in 2010. I mean, you, the numbers add up for Snedeker yeah. at this point in the season form coming in to be there come Sunday. Those, those are both great under the radar because they are. I mean, they're people that should be on the radar for this, and they're guys who've had success at Pebble in both the U.S. Open the last time it was played here and at Pebble Beach overall. So I, I agree. Now, I'm going to go up a little higher in the world rankings because they're players nobody's talking about that they should be. First is Adam Scott. Yeah. Okay, Adam yeah. Scott, you know, he finished eighth at the PGA. Uh, he finished second at Memorial. He's back putting nicely. Now, that will be the question, how well he manages those 6- to 15-foot putts that you're ultimately going to have some of them for par. We know you're going to have that. But ultimately, he's going to have enough of those from birdie and from the right sides of the hole that even though the putter can be a weakness, the great ball striking will more than make up for it. I think Adam Scott – got to keep your eye on him, and he's a guy that could sneak up and, and be on that leaderboard late on Sunday and be the last man standing with a key putt here or there that he needs to make, and he actually makes it. Oh, he hit the ball so good at Memorial. I and Yeah, and still there were some missed putts. I mean, you know, that's the thing. But he's able to afford a few of those, those missteps with the putter because his ball striking is back to what it really was. And we know how he can drive the golf ball and one of the best, um, you know, second-shot players – I'd put him in the top ten on tour right now. So uh, another guy that it's hard to believe that, and this guy's going to be Brooks Kepka talks about getting no respect, um, and this guy gets no respect. And I've always said what he did a couple of years ago to get into the play, play himself into the tour championship in just twelve starts. I'm talking about Patrick Cantlay. I'm talking about a guy who just won Memorial, a guy who finally delivered in a big moment at big time. You know, adding win number two. I want you to look, just look at his last couple of starts. Tied for ninth at the Masters. Tied for third at Heritage. Tied for third at the PGA. Win Memorial. Is there anybody more trending and going in the right direction than Patrick Cantlay right now? Playing with a ton of confidence. He's got a really nice golf game for major championships. He really does. You think about He has what no he, weaknesses. That he, you talk about Ricky with no weaknesses. Patrick doesn't except he doesn't have the resume yet. That's right. his only weakness, and that's only a matter of time. And it could change. He's a West Coast guy. He uh, puts Poana well. Look out for Patrick Cantlay. He is is uh, number eight in the world. <laughs> so it's hard to believe yeah, he's, hard he's to believe. number eight. Yeah. yeah, he's eight in the world, yeah. and he's under the radar. There's no question. So there's our four under the radar players. Um, he's got G Mac and Brant Snedeker, and I've got Adam Scott and Patrick Cantlay. All right, winning score. We always talk about it in the U.S. Open. Well, I love numbers, uh, and I'm going to shoot you this one. This is the sixth time that it's, the U.S. Open has been held at Pebble Beach. I'm going to say six under par. We've seen quite a variance in scores through the years. Uh, Nicholas, when he won here, he was two over. Watson was six under. Kite was three under. Tiger, we don't count that one. No. He was 12 under. GMAC was yeah, even yeah. par back in 2010. <laughs> six U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. I'm going to say six under par. Based on the conditions, I think it's going to be firm and fast. Par 71, I think a couple under each day, around par each day, I think six under wins. So par is 284, right? Correct. So you're going 278, 278 is the number. Yeah. All right, I'm going 280. Okay. Uh, I think 280 is, is going to be the number. So uh, if you if you got to throw out Tiger. You just got to throw out Tiger, and then you average, like you said, the other couple of ones. you got to remember, though, Nicholas and them um, – Nicholas and um, played a par seventy-two, 
Now, I, um, when Watson played, what was it? I'm not sure. Was it a par 72 or a par 70? I think it was a 72. Okay. Well, I know it was a 71 in um, 92 and definitely in 10. I know it was a 71. So, I just say 280 is a real good number for the U.S. Open. And guess what that typically is on a par 70 setup? <laughs> Even par. Right. Yeah, well, it was uh, – I just looked it up. It was par 72 and 82. Okay. So – But I'm with you. I, you know, we – Three, four, five under par? That's what it should be. That's what the no, USGA I agree. wants. They, I agree. Now, in today's climate, Rory McIlroy can get hot, and he could be 12 under, and we could have you know him win by – not by 15, but we could have him win by 10, um, you know, and, and somebody like that. So, if that happens, that happens. But, it, it you know – The you, law of averages say that it's, it's going to be, be around four, five, right, six under par right. based on the fact so that – So, I par say is six, you say four. Yeah. All right. All right. Who wins? You know. I'm right, Rory McIlroy. Wow. And it, it's – he was on my short list coming into this week before what I saw last week at the RBC Canadian Open. He just showed too much, Trip. Uh, the, the confidence he has, the way that he played on the weekend on a difficult golf course, uh, seeing Hamilton for the first time did not deter his ability to hit driver off the tee. I think he's going to maintain that confidence off the tee here at Pebble Beach. Roy McIlroy wins. Well, guy is going to get his second major championship and a guy who already has a U.S. Open. I'm going to go with DJ. I just think this is a different DJ than 2010. He distanced himself from that field and being a completely different player than he is now. He's going to rely on driver. He's got a really good wedge game, um, which is going to be needed from where he's going to play from. He's going to be able to take advantage of the par fives. And you mentioned it, his putting from 6 to 12 feet is really, really consistent and really solid. He's played so well at Pebble Beach over the years. He loves this place. Um, Dustin Johnson gets major number two finally. So our two picks are within the top three in the world. We didn't and go it's on not a, number we, one. We we didn't go on. We didn't go way out on limbs. <laughs> we didn't go way out on limbs. But it's going to be an interesting U.S. Open nonetheless. We always know um, it's it's a fun week in June to always sit back on Father's Day and crack a beer and uh, watch some of the best players in the world tackle on a, on one, one of the, the great courses. On one of the great yeah, courses. So I'm with you. Be sure to log on to GolfChannel.com all week where you can find out everything about the U.S. Open. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.